I'll keep playing for a minute. Uh, last week I talked about obedience, and then I was attacked. And um, not, not by people, but I was attacked in what I talked about. And I just need to confess right now, I was disobedient last week. Not last Sunday, not even the first couple of days of last week, but as the week progressed, I fell into disobedience. I'm not talking about mistakes. I made intentional mistakes. Intentionally, I disobeyed the word of the Lord in my life. Intentionally, I did not do what I knew I was supposed to do, and I did things I knew I wasn't supposed to do intentionally, not mistakes. And so I, I'm, I, I need a few minutes, and I'm not asking, don't, please don't try and encourage me out of this. Please don't try to minister to me. You know, sometimes I think we encourage people out of the problem. I'm about to say a wordy dirt, um, but it's not really. It's actually another word. If, 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 if there's something wrong with the road you're on, it's your own asphalt. And sometimes we encourage people out of the mistakes they've made. Sometimes we make mistakes. And no, not mistakes. Sometimes we intentionally disobey God and we encourage people out of what God's wanting to do. So please don't interrupt what God is doing in me. I messed up. I lost my temper. I didn't lead my family well. I allowed things into my house and into my family that were wrong and that, in, that impacts y'all. And so before I can go on, I've got to get it right. And there may be things in your life that you need to confess. I'm not telling you the specifics. You don't have to get up here and do what I'm doing, but you do need to do it with him. Thank you for your forgiveness, Lord. Well, I feel better. Thank you, worship team. Kids, you guys and girls can make your way out and... Just speak a blessing over y'all. Um, bless those that are teaching them today. This is going to be a powerful time. The seeds that are being planted, the seeds that have been planted are going to grow. They're going to be harvested. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in their lives. And thank you for the sacrifice of those that are involved in the children's ministry. Whew. Hey, somebody's going to get saved here today. And matter of fact, we don't have to wait till the end. Is there anybody right now that wants to say that today, let today be the day of their salvation? Is there anybody here right now that wants to give their life to Jesus? We don't have to wait till the end. Anybody want to do it right now? If you don't do it now, it's okay. You can do it at the end. By the time I'm done, maybe I'll have convinced you. Is there anybody? Just raise your hand. Yes? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Somebody go pray with her real quick. <sighs> Darren, stand up for me. Can I get somebody to go pray with this lady in the back back here? Thank you. Bro, you've tasted and you've seen that he is good. You've tasted and you've seen that he is good. You were involved in an industry of letting people taste some awesome stuff. You've been involved in it for a long time. And, and the Lord is growing your reach, bro. He's taking you to new levels. Now you are being able to distribute food that tastes amazing. But you've tasted and you've seen the real good food. And you, he's giving you a platform to speak into people's lives and to impact lives and let them taste of the food that will let them not be hungry again. And to give them drink that will let them not be thirsty again. And so he's increased your reach. He's giving you a platform and you walk into that. And I can't wait to see the harvest that you're about to see, bro. Thank you. 
Thank you. Ha, hallelujah. Don't grow weary. Don't grow weary. When you, when you, when you uh, continue doing what is good, and at the right time, you're going to reap, reap a harvest of blessing. You keep putting those seeds out there, brother. Chris, the Lord is increasing your business. He's growing your business. Uh, You're going to have new employees, more employees. It's not just for the sake of growing your business, though. Your business ministers to people in their time of crisis. Your, Your business provides resources for people who have lost everything. Your business provides provides an inheritance for people. And God is giving you the ability to, to be able to speak into people's lives and provide an inheritance that cannot be destroyed by, 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 by moths, by flame, by fire, any of that. And he's increasing your reach so that you can give them an inheritance that is literally out of this world. Walk in that. So I, I, uh, I haven't started what I was, I'm going to talk about, but uh, this morning, like early, early this morning, I woke up with a dream, uh, and I don't know what it means. It could be that I spent the night the night before in the woods, and we did some survival stuff. It could be what I ate in the mountain house meal. I don't know. It could be the Lord. And so in obedience, I'm going to put it out there. I feel I've, I've, I've been asking him, I was like, Lord, is this from lack of sleep? Is this something I want? What is going on with this dream? But I had a dream. I don't know what it means. I'm going to put it out there. Uh, I, I saw in my dream fire and water. On the left side, I saw fire. In the right side, I saw water. I saw a heart in the middle, okay? It looked like a painting. It was almost like I was seeing something be to being painted. Fire on the left, water on the right, heart in the middle. I don't know what it means. I don't know if someone, I I got the sense that someone may be painting a picture that looks something like that. And so it may not be anything. I may be completely off, but I'm putting it out there to y'all. If you have something, if that resonates with you, or if during the service, or if next week you come back and you say, "I've I've got the interpretation for that, I'd love to hear it. If you've got it right now, that'd be even cooler. Anything? Don't worry if it's not. I'm not embarrassed. I'm being obedient. Cool. Hey, wait. Yep. Uh, Jake told me this morning that when the worship team was praying, mm-hmm. that he actually saw a flame. He saw the fire, and he also saw Brent and uh, um, Uncle Donald and Ray Bob. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens, and maybe nothing. Like I said, I, I ate some campfire food while I was out there. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm just trying to help you all with the awkwardness. I don't feel awkward about it. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. 
Amen. I receive that. Amen. That'll preach. He's making me one. He's bringing my soul and my spirit together and clarifying it, making me one. There it is. Got a little nervous for a second. Couldn't find all my references. All right. Disclaimer time. Uh, So today's going to be controversial. Um. And that's okay if you, I don't, I, it doesn't bother me if you don't agree with me. Um, if you get mad at me, that, that bothers me just for the simple fact I don't want anything between us. I don't want any beef between us, right? So if something I say bothers you, don't react to me and be mad at me. Come talk to me and let's, let's come to some sort of agree to disagree point, okay? Like I don't want to offend any, I'm not trying to offend people, but at the same time, sometimes the gospel is offensive. Jesus offended people, and I'm not trying to call you a Pharisee or a Sadducee, I'm just saying if I offend you, then I'm sorry, not sorry. Um, I'm, like I said, it's going to be a little controversial. There may be some stuff that you don't agree with in what I'm going to talk about. And I can also be like Paul and have humility. Paul talks about how he's the least of the apostles, right? He, like, he's humble. He, he's, Paul is super humble. And let's read what Paul says in Philippians 3.15. Did I give you that one, Stephen? For those of you that are new, this is kind of how I, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm very prophetic. Um, and so sometimes my words can come across and they can kind of rub people the wrong way. And so I like to give these little disclaimers. But uh, therefore, all who are mature should think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this to you, this also to you. So I'm being like Paul. Therefore... In my version, it says, all of us who are mature should think this way. And if you think differently about it, God will reveal this also to you. So basically what I'm saying is, if you don't agree for me, I'll pray for you. Agree with me, I'll, pray, I'll be praying for you. Now, if you go, go a couple of verses before that. My, uh, 11, go to 11. 12. There we go. Not that I have already reached the goal or am already fully mature, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. That's where I'm at, y'all. I, I just had to repent. I had to confess. The reality is I don't get everything. It's con- this, this message is controversial to me. I don't even know if I agree with it fully. I'm still waiting to be matured into agreeing with it. And so I'm just trying to, I'm trying to give y'all some space to understand that what, the things I'm about to tell you, they go against our, our experience in this temporal realm. The things that we're going to talk about goes against some of the doctrines and theologies that we've established. Some of the traditions of man that we've established. But I refuse to uphold the traditions of man and forsake the law of God. I want to be about what he's about. And so these are things that the Lord's been showing me. And I'm still, I'm not saying I've got it. I'm trying to get there. But I'm saying don't just shut it off because it goes against what your experience has been. Okay? And this is going to, you'll understand why I'm doing this disclaimer as we get into the word. Father, I do ask, though, that, that I would be uh, 
I would be invisible, that you and your words would come through, that, you, that anything that is not of you, that it would just fall on deaf ears. But what is of you, I pray that you would give us all ears to hear and eyes to see. I thank you that I can be confident that your word will not come back void. Amen. So last week I talked about obedience. I talked about what it meant to be obedient and not, not let our obedience be, uh, you know, surround, be uh, impacted by our experience. Like, and, I, and I talked about how Israel, they, they, uh, the 11 tribes went up against Benjamin. They got their butts handed to them the first time. They obeyed the Lord. The Lord said, go fight against, Jude, uh, send Judah out. They send Judah out. They get beat, they go back, and they say, what are we doing? The Lord says, stand against them again. They go back out, they get beat again. That's obedience, though. Obedience cannot be uh, dependent on what's happening in our circumstances. It cannot be dependent on if, we, if things happen the way we, th- we think they're supposed to happen. That's not obedience. Obedience is we do what he says, regardless of how it impacts us, right? Yeah. So that's what we talked about last week. Now, I said that we were going to talk a little bit about like management and stewardship. So I want to, I want to go and I want to look at um, Matthew 25. Last week I also talked about, while y'all are turning there, last week I also talked about like the end times and, you know, look over here, look over there, all that stuff. And I was saying, look, we don't need to be getting so caught up about the signs and all that stuff. We need to be getting caught up about the fact that we're doing what the Father has given us to be obedient in right now. Because he's coming back. I don't care what your eschatology is. Remember I said sometimes our eschatology can become escapatology and, and we're just trying to get out of here. But the Lord has given us a job to do. We need to be walking in obedience right now. We used, uh, we were looking at Matthew 24 with that. So there's like a whole bunch of, of, of parables. Jesus is talking about end time stuff. And then he starts telling a bunch of parables. And like when you're reading scripture, like if you're reading an epistle, a lot of times, especially Romans, Brent did it one time. He's like, he, he, he read one chapter and it started with therefore. So then he's like, oh, well, maybe we need to go back another chapter. You guys remember that time that he did that? And we ended up going like four chapters back and it was this consecutive thing that happened. And so to get context, a lot of times we need to be, we need to read things, you know, in a, in a systematic way to get that context. So a lot of times with the gospels though, it's a little different. Sometimes it is like all happening right then and there. Then sometimes it may be like there, it says clearly, oh, it's the next day or whatever. But regardless, here's, here's what I, where I'm, I'm at with it. Whether all this, these stories happen all at the same time, Matthew, God had Matthew to put all this in one little section. It's, it goes from 24 or 23 to 25. And it's all talking about, it seems like, whether it all happened in one instant. I think it did just by the way I'm reading it. But it seems like it's all following a theme. It's all talking about, you know, what we should be doing or what actually at this point, what Israel was supposed to be doing. He's, Jesus tells some parables and it kind of seems to me, he's talking about, look, Israel was given this and then they kind of squandered it. And, and, and so as I'm thinking, uh, dang, I forgot to put the verse number. It's chapter 25. Uh, verse 14. We're going to look at the parable of the talents. So 
Jesus is talking, it seems to me that Jesus is talking about the stuff that people have been given, the, these, these responsibilities that Israel was given to change the world, and, and, and that they were kind of squandering it. And so this is not, this parable is not just talking about being financially savvy. It's not just talking about stewardship of money. Does anybody know, that? am I the only one that didn't realize that? He's talking about kingdom stuff here. So we're just going to read through it. For it is just like a man going on a journey. He called his own slaves and turned over his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To each according to his own ability. Then he went on a journey. Immediately the man who had received the talents went, put them to work, and earned five more. In the same way the man with two earned two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents approached, presented five more talents, and said, Master, you gave me five talents. Look, I've earned five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. Then the man with two talents also approached. He said, Master, you gave me two talents. Look, I've earned two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. Then the man who had received one talent also approached and said, Master, I know you. You're a difficult man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. So I was afraid and went off and hid your talent in the ground. Look, you have what is yours. But his master replied to him, You evil, lazy slave, if you knew that I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers. And when I returned, I would have received my money back with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the other one who has ten talents. Do you, do you think that Jesus is telling a story that's talking about how God cares about his return on investment when he gives us money? This is kingdom stuff here, y'all. So let's think about what we've been given. Okay, what is, what is our inheritance? We've talked about it over the last, I don't know how long. But let's think about this. Let's go to Genesis. Um, we're made in his image, right? Yes. Go to Genesis 5 for me, Stephen. We're made in his image. We're placed in the garden. And remember a few Sundays ago, uh, I, I talked about how in Genesis 2, it says that, that there was no, no plants, no, no, nothing had grown yet because God had not yet made man for them to work the ground. So there's always been this, this thing of us co-laboring with God. There's always been this, this thing of work was going to be a part of our lives. Work is not a result of the fall. Work has been a part of the plan since the beginning. Our experience of work has changed because of the fall, but work was always part of the plan. These are the family records of the descendants of Adam. On the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Keep going. He created them male and female. When they were created, he blessed them and called them man. 
Adam was 130 years old when he fathered his son in his likeness according to his image and named him Seth. Something changed after the fall. Remember, so Eve, she sins, Adam sins, and they're kicked out of the garden. Something happens, and then now that, that image of God that we've been given has been tainted, and we now, we, yes, there's something of the image of God that we carry, but now we carry the image of Adam, the first Adam who was sinful. And so what happened? There's a whole series from there until Jesus. It's a whole series of events of God and his redemptive purpose of restoring man to his intended purpose. Okay? See, we've been carrying the image of Adam. We carry the image of Adam. We've got a tainted image of God. And what God does, this is why Jesus told Nicodemus, no one, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven unless you've been born again. Because you're born into the image of Adam. But you need to be born into the image of the new Adam. The last Adam. Jesus. And so that's why when we're crucified with Christ and buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in new life, then we are being transformed into the image of the new Adam. Jesus. That's the inheritance we've been given. That's the inheritance. That, that is what we are supposed to be giving the rest of the world. He has given us this good news, this gospel. And he's giving it to us. And we're supposed to be taking out, just like with Adam and Eve, he, he blessed them. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. He did the same thing with Noah. He did the same thing with Israel. He blessed them. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. He does the same thing with us. And we do a really good job of the, of the multiplying here in the, in, the, in the physical realm at this church. We have baby showers all the time. But we're supposed to also be being fruitful and multiplying with this news. That is the investment of the talents. That's the talents we've been given. We've been given them, and are we going out, and are we, are we sharing that? That's what we're talking about, stewardship. It's not just about stewarding our resources, though that is important. But it's not one of those things where if you do well with the money that God's given you, then he's going to give you more money. That was better than the response that I got. It's not simply about if, you, if, if I do well with the money that God's given me, then I'm going to get more money. That's not what this parable is talking about. And it's not true. Just because you're faithful with the money God's given you and you steward it well, it doesn't mean that you're going to get more money. That's not how the kingdom works. And so we cannot get so caught up in in stewarding our resources and, and, and completely negate the actual resources that we've been given. Because see, he owns the cattle in a thousand hills and he's calling us to faith, active faith. And so our church, maybe we don't have just a ton of resources, but guess what? We're in good, we're in a good position because we are tapped into the one who has all the resources. And so he's calling us to active faith individually and corporately as a church. Active faith looks different than passive faith. We're saved by faith and we put our faith in in Jesus and we're saved. That's one thing. But then there's a fighting the good fight of faith. There's an active thing of saying, I don't know how this is going to be done, Lord, but I'm trusting that you have said it's going to be done. And so I'm going to stand on that and I'm going to actively pursue that. That's active faith. Passive faith of just saying, yeah, Jesus, uh, God's going to take care of my needs. He's going to clothe me. He's going to put a roof over my head. And and as long as I'm working and doing the stuff I need to be doing, that's passive faith. Active faith is going and taking the land. When you don't know how you're going to take the land. Let's look at numbers. 
Numbers chapter 13. Uh, we'll, we'll probably won't start reading till 14. I just, for the sake of time, I'm going to give you guys the, the kind of the context. Um, so Moses, God tells Moses to send 12 uh, spies out into the land. He says, um, send 12 spies into the promised uh, land. Um, and so he sends them out according to the Lord's instructions. God tells them how to do it. Um, in 13.3, um, tells us that the men were leaders in Israel, um, and they were out there for 40 days. So the spies go out. 12 spies go out. Moses sends them out according to the Lord's instruction. They're out in, in the promised land for 40 days, and they're supposed to be gaining uh, intel. They're supposed to be looking at, at the land. Is it fruitful? Is it all the stuff that we're thinking? What's their fortifications? All that kind of stuff. Moses sends them out to do that. And so we pick up in uh, Numbers thirteen twenty six. Y'all Okay. So, they've been out there for 40 days. They come back now. So this is, this is what happens after they get back, after the 40 days of spying in the promised land. The men went back to Moses, Aaron, and the entire Israelite community in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They brought back a report for them and the whole community, and they showed them the fruit of the land. They reported to Moses, We went into the land where you sent us. Indeed, it is flowing with milk and honey, and here is some of its fruit. However, the people living in the land are strong, and the cities are large and fortified. We also know, we also saw the descendants of Anak there. I think that's how you say it. I don't know. Uh, go back. Yeah, the Amalekites are living in the land of the Negev, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live by the sea along the Jordan. Then Caleb, well, let's just stop there for a second. Did y'all see what happened? So they come back, and they're talking about how great the land is, but then they start talking about the negative side. It's like a good news, bad news situation. They're like, you want the good news first or the bad news first? And I guess Moses said the good news first, because they start giving the good news. The good news is the land's awesome, milk and honey. Bad news is we can't take it. Giants, big, bad giants. It goes on if you keep reading. Um, but Caleb interrupts them right there in verse 20. 30, yeah. Then Caleb quieted the people in the presence of Moses and said, we must go up and take possession of the land because we can certainly conquer it. Did Caleb see something different than what everybody else saw? Did he not go to the area where the giants were? Go to 31. But the man who had gone with him responded, we can't go up against the people because they are stronger than we are. Keep on. So they gave a negative report to the Israelites about the land and that they had scouted. The land we passed through to explore is one that devours its inhabitants. And all the people we saw in it are men of great size. We even saw the Nephilim there. The offspring of Anak, who were descended from the Nephilim. To ourselves, we seem like grasshoppers, and we must have seemed the same to them. Keep going. Then the whole community broke into loud cries, and the people wept that night. So, you guys see the picture? 
You guys see the, the, the scene that's happening here? You've got one, you got a group of, of people that have gone into the promised land and they've scouted it out and their response is, we can't take the land. Their response is, we're, that's, that's, we can't do it. And you have one guy, there's actually ends up being two guys that said, we can. Let's look at uh, 14, go to chapter 14, verse 1. There we go. Then the whole, keep going. All the Israelites complained about Moses and Aaron and the whole community told them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt or if only we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to die by the sword? Our wives and little children would become plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? So that's their response when they get this report about what is waiting for them in the land. You see, they're looking at the temporal situation. They're looking at what they see. They're looking at, okay, we can't beat these guys. But God is calling them to live outside of their means. Caleb and Joshua get it. What's God's response? Let's look at verse 11. 14:11. The Lord said to Moses, "How long will these people despise me? How long will they not trust in me despite all the signs I have performed among them? I will strike them with a plague and destroy them. Then I will make you into a great na- greater na- greater and mightier nation than they are." And then this this is beautiful. The next few past verses are beautiful uh, Um, demonstration of intercession. Moses intercedes for the people of Israel and it's just beautiful how he, 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 it's, it's, it's a, it gives us a basis of saying, no, God's saying he's about to destroy Israel and Moses intercedes and it's beautiful. I encourage you to go read it. But for the sake of time, we're going to drop down to verse uh, 28. Y'all still tracking? I promise you I'm going somewhere. This is God talking. He says, tell, he, uh, God says, okay, I won't destroy them. But then he says, tell them, as surely as I live, this is the Lord's declaration. I will do to you exactly as I heard you say. How many of you know that there's power in the tongue? How many of you really know that there is power in the tongue? That right there tells you. You need more proof? Go to Proverbs 18. It's like Sunday school, sword sword drills. Or see how fast you can swipe your phone up. Eighteen. We're going to go to verse 20. Here we go. From the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is satisfied. He is filled with the product of his lips. Keep going. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. There's power in the tongue. Keep going. Let's go to James. James 3.14. Y'all still good? Yeah. 
But if you guys, I'm going to go ahead and read it. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't brag and deny the... Did I send the wrong one? Let me find it. Maybe we're supposed to read this anyway. Let's just read it and see what happens. Because this ain't the verse I was looking for. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't brag and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from above, but it is but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where envy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every kind of evil. But the wisdom from above is pure, then peace, loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, without favoritism and hypocrisy. Yeah, this is totally not where I was looking. But hey, huh? It's in verse 3. I get it. Okay, cool. Well, hey, let's just do something real quick because obviously the Lord wants to go to this spot right here. And so uh, let's see. We just stand against uh, envy and selfish ambition right now. Stand against it in the name of Jesus. I rebuke it, and it is not going to be a part of this fellowship. It's not going to be a part of our life. I stand against it right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, I trust that you took me to this verse for a reason today. And so I'm going to stand against this right now in the name of Jesus. And where there is envy, selfish ambition, or any of the things here, we, we will not tolerate that in our lives. And we just speak back the kingdom principles that you have given us through your son, Jesus. That, that is the image of the old Adam. We are in the image of the new Adam. When we speak the new Adam, we speak Jesus into those situations. We speak servant uh, leadership into those situations. We speak, um, we speak generosity into that right now in the name of Jesus. We will be loving, gentle, compliant, and full of mercy and good fruits in Jesus' name. All right, now let's go to where I thought I was supposed to go. What, uh, what verse was it? There we go. Now, now, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we also guide the whole animal. Keep going. And consider ships. There we go. That's the one I was looking for. And consider ships. Though very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. One more. So too, though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts great things. Consider how large a forest a small fire ignites. The tongue is powerful. You know how powerful it is? Let's go back to Genesis. Y'all keep up with me. I know I'm bouncing around. But hopefully you're seeing a theme. Genesis chapter 1 verse 3. Man, Keith Hollis, I hope you watch this. Because we need to banish the silence. Uh, three. God said, let there be light. Let's look at verse uh, five. Nope, six. Then God said, let there be expanse. That continues. That pattern continues of God saying, God speaking into existence something. He spoke it into existence. There is power in, in frequency. When, I remember when we were first getting the, uh, the, the acoustic drum set up here. We've been playing electric. We've been, I've been playing on electric set. This is before God blessed us with all these amazing drummers. And I was playing all the time. I was playing the electric drum kit. And when, when, I sh when we made the shift and went to an acoustic drum set, I was talking. We need to get new heads. And I was talking to the, the Remo rep on the phone. And, he, and I was telling him about how we, we've transitioned over to acoustic drum set. And he's like, man, you're going to have so much fun. There's something that happens when you move air. Yeah. 
And I'm telling you right now, when you hit those drums, air moves. That doesn't happen with an electric kit that we used to have. Yeah, it would move when it came through here, but there's something that happens when you move air. And you move air with your tongue. You, you, you call into it. Jesus didn't say, when you pray, think. He said, when you pray, say. That's why I was saying Keith would have liked this. He said, when you pray, say. He said, say this. He said, our Father in heaven, your name is set apart. That's what holy means. Your name is set apart. Your kingdom come. When you pray, say. You see, if we go back to that story in Numbers, we go back there. The one, the Lord says, I'm gonna, I heard what you said, and I'm going to do to you what you asked for. And he also heard what Caleb and Joshua said. Yeah. Joshua said, let's go take the land. Yeah. Caleb said, let's go take the land. And so guess who got to go into the land? The ones that said, we can conquer giants. The ones that said, we can live beyond our means. The ones that said, we can do what seems impossible to do. That is active faith in church. That's what we've been called to. What are the things that God has called us to that we need to be walking and stewarding well? Because I, I don't want him to come and him to say, you the one that I gave the one talent to and you just buried it in the ground. Yeah, but what if people think that we're a part of the name it and claim it crowd? Or what happens if I say it and it doesn't work the way I said? I, it was, you know, I say this and then it doesn't happen. It's okay, I got an answer for you. Let's go to uh, 2, Corinthians 1, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Y'all still good? Are y'all getting what I'm saying? Is it making sense? Is it just, is it having to, are you gonna, is it going to be one of those things you get back and then it's like, oh, okay. Now I got it. Because some of these statements are like really, really good statements. And it's like not getting the full response I thought I'd get. <laughs> it's like a hand grenade. It is. Y'all get it. Uh, no, let's go to Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Oh, <laughs> my disclaimer. 2 Corinthians 1. That's Chronicles. Apparently I failed the Bible drills on my phone. Maybe I was supposed to read Chronicles. Oops. Yeah, it's verse 20, but I want to go a little further up. Uh, let's see, where do I want to start? Yeah, let's start in verse 17. Actually, no, let's start in verse 15. This is Paul talking, okay? <laughs> so you remember, what was the question I just said? What was the question I just asked? What happens if what? I gotta get y'all talking. What? If you don't get what you asked for, or what you say is gonna happen doesn't happen. Those, you know, I've got a response for that. This is Paul talking. I planned with the, and look, this is the, I didn't go looking. This is not an eisegesis situation where I'm trying to make scripture say what I want it to say. I didn't go looking for this. This is what the Lord's been showing me. I'm telling you right now, this is what the Lord's been showing me and I'm trying to walk out in obedience, okay? And, and so let's look at this. In, in verse uh, 15, I planned with this confidence to come to you first so you could have a double benefit and to go on to Macedonia with your help, then come to you again for Macedonia and be given a start by you on my journey to Judea. So when I, and that didn't work out. 
That didn't happen. So he said, Paul says, so when I planned this, was I irresponsible? Or, or, or what I planned, do I plan in purely human way so that I say yes, yes, and no, no simultaneously? See, what happens if we share in that creative purpose that God has made us for? We, we've been seated with him in, 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 the, in the heavenlies, right? We're seated with him in the heavenly realms. Yes. And, and, and so maybe we can see into the heavenly realms and then we can speak into existence, speak into existence what our, our, our eternal being is seeing in the heavenly realms and we speak it into existence. It's what I did with, with Darren. It's what I did with Chris. I didn't just make that up. It's something that I felt like the Lord was putting on my heart when I saw you guys this morning. And so I'm saying something. If that doesn't happen, did I, did I say yes, yes and no, no? No, because here's what happens. We are supposed to share in the amen. Let's drop down to verse 20. That song, I love the song. All your promises are yes and amen. But I told you last week, it doesn't mean what you think it means. It's not that God's promise is yes, amen. That's not what the scripture says. For every one of God's promises is yes in him. Talking about Jesus. Therefore, the amen is also spoken through him by us for God's glory. We have to say amen. You got something or you just, yeah, okay, you, you're picking up what I'm putting down. Good. At least one of you is getting it. We have to join in with the amen. Yes. I'm, not, I'm not saying name it, claim it. I'm not saying prosperity. I'm just saying I think there's more power in our tongue than we give it credit. There's power for death and power for life. God has created us in his image. He placed us in the garden and he said, go make the rest of the world look like this. Go share my creative purpose. Go be like me. Be little mini me's out there and go carry my kingdom authority out there. We tainted it and then we went and became looking like, like Adam from Seth on. And then he has redeemed us and he's, helped, he's trans, transforming us into the image of the new Adam, his son. And then he's giving us the power through him to agree with what God's promise is. See, God has given us promise. This is, this is specific for, for New Horizons. God has given vision for New Horizons. Are we stewarding it well? Or are we living in passive faith and just saying when God wants it to happen, it'll happen? Josh, Caleb said, we've got to go take the land. Are we actively pursuing the vision God has given us or are we sitting back saying, it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. We're going to expand the tent bags and when the Lord wants to bless us, we're going to... No, we're supposed to be actively taking the land. We're supposed to be agreeing with the promises of God. We're supposed to, from our seated position with Christ, look into the heavenly realms and then speak into the existence in the temporal realm what we see. That's moving in the prophetic. It's not my job to do it for us. It's my job to empower us for us to do it as a body. As we start getting this church, I'm telling you, we're going to see something shift. I'm not saying, okay, I'm going to think really hard. I'm going to see myself a new fancy car, a brand new house, and then I'm going to speak that into existence. No, this is not for our benefit while we're here. This is so we can draw all people into relationship with him. This is so that we can go out. We're going to see signs and wonders, y'all. It's going to happen. It's not going to happen. We're not going to see people healed just for the sake of seeing people healed because they're going to die physically at some point unless Jesus comes back really soon. They're going to die physically at some point. When we see healings, it's for the purpose of seeing people come to know the power of God so they can be brought into relationship with him. 
We're going to see people that are going to come in here and, 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 and someone's going to be standing here and you're going to get a word for them and you're going to go speak to them. But people are so scared. When we talk about that Corinthians verse, we talk about the secrets of our heart being disclosed. And so people don't like prophets. They don't like to get around us because they're like, oh, you're going to see inside my heart and you're going to call me out on it. That's not how prophet, the, the, the prophetic works. It's about calling into existence what's happening in the eternal realm. It's about calling your true identity into this realm. Yeah. I'm not going to call out the sin that's in your life. So don't be scared of the prophetic ministry happening in our church. I'm not saying I'm not going to call sin, sin. Don't, don't hear me saying what I'm not saying. Sin is sin and I'm going to call it out, but I'm not going to embarrass people in front of everybody and be like, hey, you're dealing with this sin in your life and you need to repent. No, we're all dealing with sin in our life and we all need to repent. Yes. That's prophetic ministry. And, and, and you guys are supposed to be being equipped to walk in that to where when someone walks in that door and, and, and we get a vision about kingdom things and we speak it into, into speak it and they hear it then they say whoa the secrets of my heart have been disclosed surely this house the presence of lord is, is residing right here and that's when they turn and they repent when they start seeing us speaking into existence in the temporal realm the things in the eternal realm they're they're going to they gotta come they're like oh man i gotta have this it's happening yeah yes that's true you guys can walk in what I'm walking in I'm telling you because I don't know what I'm doing and it's happening I have no clue what I'm doing and it's happening and what I've got if you see something in me you can have it you can ask for your double portion you can have it that's biblical it's in scripture. I'm not saying name it and claim it. I, I know I keep giving that disclaimer. I, honestly, I don't care if I get misinterpreted or misrepresented. I don't care. I care because I don't want broken relationships. But at the end of the day, I really don't care. If you think that I'm preaching a prosperity gospel and, or, or I'm preaching name it and claim it, then come talk to me later and I'll try and clarify more. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that we can, our tongues have power and we need to walk in that power to be able to see people draw, be drawn into relationship with him. Yeah. That is stewardship. That's the talent we've been given. We've been given the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever we bind in heaven will be bound on earth. Whatever we loose in heaven will be loose on earth. How do we bind and loose things? We just do it. It doesn't, Jesus didn't say, uh, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom and whatever I bind will be bound. Whatever I loose will be loosed. No, he said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose will be loosed. Sometimes too often we pray the problem instead of the solution. We pray what the situation is and we're just like, Lord, help us out of this situation as, as opposed to just standing against the spirit, the powers of darkness, the principalities that are there and just standing against it and say, no, that's not how it's going to be. This is how it's going to be. We speak the kingdom back into it. We speak out the kingdom of darkness and into it the kingdom of light. If your kids are being disobedient, Brent talked about it the other, other week. If we're having problems in our families and, and, we're, and we're trying to fix things, maybe we've invited something into our family that doesn't need to be there and we need to kick that out. Or maybe there's, there's something that we need to rebuke in that situation and then speak back into it, the kingdom principle. Man, that's so much better than y'all's response. That was good. Okay, sometimes maybe we need to bind up. I'll say it a different way. Sometimes we need to bind the thing that's in the kingdom of darkness and then loose the thing of the kingdom of light. 
Much better. There's power in our tongue, and are we stewarding it well? Are we stewarding our inheritance as, as being made into the image of the new Adam? So you're saying that we need to be doing this whenever we're getting together. Whenever we're getting together, whenever you're at, in class, whenever you're at school, whenever you, where you're surfing Facebook. This morning I got a word for someone on Facebook. I was just on Facebook and I got a word. I'm telling you, I don't even know what I'm doing, but the Lord's doing this through me and y'all can catch it. It should be permeating every aspect of our lives. We should be speaking into existence the things that we're seeing in the turn around. So we should be praying like Paul prays that our eyes would be open, our minds would be enlightened and that we would see what are the riches of his glory. And I'm not talking about materialistic things. I'm talking about Putting on display the power that is God, we are called to a ministry of presence. We should be ministering the presence of the present God everywhere we go. And when we do that, there's going to be signs and wonders. When we step out in faith, active faith, and speak in We're going to take the land, even though there's giants and we don't know how we're going to conquer them. Or we're going to build a building, even though we don't have the resources to do it. Or we're going to send some people to Japan to minister to the people ministering in Japan, even though we don't have the money to do it. Or we're going to buy a new sound system, even though we don't have the money to do that. Or we're going to, we're going to, whatever, put whatever it is that God is calling us to do, we're going to step out actively and pursue that. Now, as opposed to just sit back and say, when it's good with you, God, we're good. No, he said do it, so let's give him the amen. Amen. Let's take the land. Maybe nothing that I'm saying makes any sense to you. Maybe you still are finding yourself in the image of Adam, and you want to be transformed into that new Adam. You want to see the kingdom, you've got to be born again. And the only way to be born again is to die first. You've got to die. And the way you die is you submit yourself to Jesus as Lord, as master. You surrender yourself to him. And today could be the day for you. We've already had one. We can have more. Maybe you already felt the nudging or before the service when I asked the first time. But do not leave here without entering in to the kingdom family and receiving the inheritance that you can't squander. Yes. Good. If that's you, Raise your hand. Maybe you already have been being, started the process of being transformed into the new Adam, into Jesus. But maybe you're saying, hey, I just need, I need, I need to refresh that. If that's you, raise your hand. If to, let today be the day of your salvation. Let today be the day that you say, I'm going to walk in the inheritance I've been given. I'm going to walk in the power that I've been given. Not, it's not our power that we can just, you know, flex and be like, yeah, look how powerful I am because I'm in Christ. No, it's about saying, look how powerful he is and he's living through me. Yes. We should disappear. We should not be being seen in this. I'm talking about the power, and Jesus talks about the power, and, 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 and we take that, and we're like, yeah, look what it means to be a son of God. We get to walk in power. We get the keys to the kingdom. That's not what it's about, y'all. If you're getting on a power trip, then you're missing the whole point. But this, this is here for you. You can have it. And so if you want to say, today is going to be the day of my salvation, then you can raise your hand right now. Or come talk to me. Before we leave, I'm not going to put the same squeeze on everybody again this week. But I encourage you, 
Make a public profession of faith. I want to say, I want to challenge you. I'll say this. I said this last week. If you don't have the courage to raise your hand right now in this situation, are you going to have the courage to do what he's calling you to do? So if the Lord is speaking to you right now and he's saying, hey, he's talking to you. He's talking to you. Then raise your hand. Raise your hand right now. So Father, Jake, can you guys come on up? It's not done. You're welcome to come up and talk to me, ministry team, people that are, are be available to pray for folks. If you want what I've got coming, I'll, I'll, pray, I'll, I'll pray, pray with you. You can have it. If you have questions about what I'm saying, then come talk to me. If I've offended you, I am truly sorry. I did not, that's not my heart, and I, I don't want there to be anything in between us. So please come talk to me. If you have questions about what I'm saying and you think differently than me, that's totally fine. I'm not trying to say we all have to think the same way right now. But I'm just giving you what God's been giving me. I'm giving you what I'm, I'm literally learning on the job as I'm walking out my daily life. So Father, I just pray right now. I pray for this body. I pray that what I have said that is from you, that it would permeate deep, Lord. And what is from me, that it would just go in and out. Father, I, Father, I pray for the ones right now that you might be tugging on their heart. I pray for the one right now that you're speaking to and you're saying, today is the day, son. Today is the day, daughter. I pray for that one, that you would give them courage to come and to, to talk to, to one of us and to say, I want today to be the day of my salvation. I pray that you would give them boldness to walk in what you've called them to. Father, to the ones that are saying, I, I, I'm not worthy to walk in this, I pray that you would let them see themselves how you see them. Give them eyes to see and open their eyes, enlighten their minds to what is the riches of glory that is their inheritance in, in your son and, and, and let them see themselves seated. Just give them that picture, Lord. And to all of us, I just pray for courage, for courage like Joshua, for courage like Caleb to say, we're gonna go take the land. To say, I'm going to live actively in faith. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see what you're doing so that we can give that amen through Jesus. We're about to close up. In Genesis, the story of the Tower of Babel, God looks down and he says, that them being of one language, one mind, whatever they purpose, nothing is beyond them. They can accomplish what they're purposing. And so he goes down and he confuses their language. On Shavuot, on Pentecost, that was reversed. Yeah. We were given one mind. We were given one language. We've been made into one body. Yes. And whatever God purposes us in, in and through us, when we agree with that amen, it, it, it can't not be accomplished. Yes. And that's what the Spirit is doing through us. It's in Romans, I think it's Romans 8, talks about the Spirit interceding for us. 
And so it's not something you gotta try and figure out. It's just as you walk in surrender and you walk in unity with him, it happens through you. It just, it's the surrender step that has to, has to happen. It's the yes to him. And then it just happens through you. So he's just looking for a yes. So I wanna challenge you, just give him your yes. And it may be that you have to give him, give him that yes over and over and over and over again. But I just challenge you that it's, the yes is worth it. I promise. Because I'm experiencing it. And God, he gives us responsibilities. He gives us talents that we're not capable of doing. It's way beyond our ability so that he can get the glory. The land, he could have easily gone ahead and taken the giants out of the land before he sent Israel over there. But he wanted them to be something that he would get the glory. So as we walk into the land, in our jobs, in our houses, in our schools, in, in, in wherever you find yourself, whether you're a business owner or whether you're a garbage collector, I don't care. You can carry the kingdom. You've got the keys of the kingdom and you can carry them there and you can speak into alignment this temporal realm. And it's not so that we fix this temporal realm. It's so that we can draw people into the eternal. You've been given the keys. All you gotta do is just say yes and then let the spirit work through you. And then you'll be like Joshua and Caleb. So Father, I just release that right now. I release that spirit, that that mentality of Joshua, that mentality of Caleb. I, I ask for it over myself, and and I release it over this 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 uh, this fellowship. And I just say, let us walk actively in faith. Let us walk actively conquering giants. I thank you for the vision that you've given us. I thank you for the promises that you've given us. Open our eyes to those promises. Open our eyes to those visions and so that we can then give it that amen. In our houses, in our relationships, in our jobs, in our classes. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, you don't have to leave. I'm gonna be up here. If he's talking to you, I'll pray with you. It'll change your life, I promise. The service begins now.